is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Winners and losers and mega duds from Fantasy Week 3. Welcome to your Sunday night preview, baby. I'm fired up. It was a fun, fun Sunday. Good stuff today. And we are so excited about the show. We have an extra analyst on. Dave Richards joining us for the beginning of the show. Hello, Dave. Welcome to Sunday. It is awesome to be here. Happy to join you guys. I hope to do this every Sunday. I hate you, Latavius Murray. <laughs> and Jamie's still here. Jamie, what's up? Uh, I, I hate Kenyon Drake. He hates Kenyon Drake. He's a mega dud. He made the mega dud list. Heath, who do you hate today other than me? Wait a, minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This week went exactly the way I expected it to go, and uh great week, really. <laughs> uh, you said Mega Dud? Mega Dud, yeah. I thought there would be Milk Duds. Nope, sorry Dave, you're out. You're out. Um, Alright, hey, let's get right to it. Let's do some winners and losers. Of course, we'll talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. It's Sunday night right now. We are currently watching the Lions-Patriots game, um, and <clears throat> they're in the first quarter. But uh yeah, we won't talk about that game. We don't know. Jimmy Garoppolo's injury, but it is feared that he has no, a torn we ACL. No. We don't know. Yeah, we've seen this enough. How we many know. times have we seen people say the fear is a torn ACL then it's oh guess what? It's just like a little boo boo on Adam, his knee. they had CJ Beathard come to the podium to say, I told that I told uh Jimmy that I'm gonna lead these men. <laughs> I mean Well that was nice of him to say. He's a nice guy. Yeah. We should know that. He's also a liar if he said that. Well, we're also going to talk about what Marquise Goodwin did in six games with C.J. Beathard. Maybe all hope is not lost. But anyway, let's do winners and losers. Jamie, give us a week three winner. Devin Funches. What? What? 25% started Devin Funches. People aren't aren't convinced, Jamie. I mean, every time that Greg Olson does not play, he plays well. And Calvin Benjamin. Well, yeah. that goes without saying. Yeah. So Devin Funches is uh you gonna start him next week on a bye? I would like to. No, well don't do that. But after that, yeah, you're gonna want to start Devin Funches, especially during those bye weeks. Unless Gord Golson comes back. Remember, he's not been ruled oh, that's out. That's true. Yet. That's true. Heath, give me a winner. I'll go with the uh, clear number two wide receiver in Cincinnati, Tyler Boyd. Monster game from him, and I don't think AJ Green's injury is serious, which is probably better for him if it's not. But she's six, one thirty two and a touchdown. He needs to be owned in a lot more than 28% of leagues. Can I tell you a funny story that I, um, on Friday, I picked him up in one league and dropped TJ Yeldon. And then all morning I'm like, oh, what did I do? Why did I just, what, what, why? And then I'm like, okay, yeah. That, nice. Worked out. <laughs> worked out for you. For sure. Yeah. So, so, uh, Tyler Boyd had six catches, 132 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. He had six for 91 and one on nine targets in week two. He'll be at Atlanta next week. A.J. Green says he expects to play next week. That's a big game for A.J. Green. You know, he went to college in Georgia. He really wants to play, and I uh, hope he does get to play. But Boyd is still uh, 28% owned. He's under owned. Are you gonna? Would you drop Randall Cobb for Tyler Boyd? Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. Okay. Dave, a winner, please. How about Matt Ryan? Four touchdowns last week, five this week, and his defense is in shambles. He's gonna be chucking it week after week after week. And a lot of people have him as a backup fantasy quarterback. Maybe not for much longer. Or maybe they trade him and get something since the quarterback position is getting a little weird after three weeks. Do you feel confident enough in Matt Ryan to make him the only quarterback on your roster? Yes. Yeah, I have uh, Ryan and Luck in a 10-team league, and I, I might drop Luck. Well, yeah, if I had Ryan and Carson Wentz, I'd definitely I can't make, I can't make ad drops today. Okay. Yeah, I heard that, Heath. <laughs> Carson Wentz Actually scanning through the notes here I don't see much Carson Wentz talk Until we start breaking down the games So How are we feeling about Carson Wentz? He looked great at first and then Yeah, not so good And he finished with, what, 15-ish fantasy points? Not a very good game for Carson Wentz He'll be fine moving forward Let's just shake the rust off game And, you know, rainy weather And the Colts defense is good Is It, it might be yeah, they've, they've stood, uh, they've withstood, uh, yeah, they've stood up to the test so far. Carson Wentz ended up with, uh, 13 fantasy points. So Heath says he'd rather have Matt Ryan than Wentz rest of season. Dave, Jamie, Ryan, or Wentz? 
I'll take Ryan. I had it ranked that way, so I'm going to stick with it. Well, you had it ranked that way when you thought that Wentz was out. Now that he's back. No, I had it ranked that way going into the season. I know I because Wentz to miss some games. Rest of season, I'm taking Matt Ryan. I know, but you know what I'm saying. Like you had your rest, your preseason rankings based on the fact that you knew Carson Wentz was going to miss some time. But okay, Matt Ryan yeah. all across the board. 49 fantasy points, 374 yards. We haven't even mentioned Calvin Ridley's name. Calvin Ridley caught three touchdowns. He was started in, I think, 22% of leagues. So, uh, huge game for the rookie Calvin Ridley. And my winner is Will Fuller. Guys, I'm seeing a different receiver here. He's not just big play dependent. He's not just touchdown dependent. 100 yards and a touchdown, two straight games. 20 targets over his last two games. I think he's developing here. I think he's... uh Potentially going to have a huge year. I'm really excited about Will Fuller. Third year. Just has to stay healthy. All right, please stay healthy. And um, hold on to the football. So um, if you were drafting that. again today, would you draft Will Fuller over any either of the Broncos wide receivers? Definitely over Demarius. Yes, over both. Heath? I think I was drafting him over Sanders to begin with. Yeah, Sanders yeah had a great I was start, drafting though. him over Sanders. I... He'd be right in the same range as Demarius. Okay. We're liking Will Fuller. Good stuff. Let's do some losers. Dave, you can kick it off. Give me a week three loser. The week three loser that I'm going to give you is Jamal Williams of the Green Bay Packers. A, because now it's a three-headed monster, and B, because he's the worst part of the three-headed monster. You think he's the worst part? I think he's the worst part. Wow. I think Aaron Jones flashed a little bit in this game. And I think Ty Montgomery was catching nice passes out of the backfield. We're going to see more of that from him. And it's going to be really, really hard to count on Jamal Williams as a starting fantasy option moving forward. Is he droppable, Jamal Williams? No. no. Yeah, I'm hesitating to say yes, so I'm going to say no. The okay. one thing I tried to do in every league where I had him was get Aaron Jones along with him. So I'm going to try and keep that combo together. Got Buffalo next week, so... Hopefully they can turn it around just like Dalvin Cook did, you know? I mean Latavius Murray. I mean the entire – yeah, yeah, that was a – wow. Cannot believe – biggest uh, biggest upset in what was it, 23 years? 1992, last time that uh, underdog of this magnitude won on the road. Do you know the game in 92? Which it one was, was? Uh, Jets-Bills in Buffalo. Hmm. It was a Bills game? Yes. How about that? Take that, Jets. All right, uh, Heath, you're a loser. Uh, I have multiple losers, and they all wear 49ers jerseys. I don't think there's a lot of question over what's going to, the announcement's going to be tomorrow for Jimmy Garoppolo, and C.J. Beathard's going to be the starting quarterback, and everyone that tries to catch passes in San Francisco is now a loser. I think you can probably drop any wide receiver for this team. Marquise Goodwin may be a boomer bust flex in a deep league, but nothing more. George Kittle is somebody I'll probably hold on to just because tied in so bad. But this is an awful, awful, awful turn of events for the 49ers. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're going to lose their starting running back and starting quarterback likely to an ACL injury. That sucks. Let's take a look at what C.J. Beathard did last year. Uh, he got, you know, he got better later in the year, um, but he didn't throw a lot of touchdowns. But Marquise Goodwin in six games with C.J. Beathard, he had 68 or more yards in four of those six games. Only one touchdown, no more than four catches in any of those games. But 68 or more yards in four of six games, that's not bad. So Heath says uh, that that Goodwin is a flex in deeper leagues. Jamie, Dave, what do you guys think about him? I think that's fair. Um, you know, still Kyle Shanahan's offense, and you know he's the number one guy there. So um, I'm not ready to drop him yet. I'd like to see how this all unfolds, but it's not good. By comparison to what it was this morning, yeah. it hurts everybody in San Francisco not having Garoppolo there. Just a, you're getting a worse caliber quarterback. The one thing that could be a positive for somebody catching passes in the six games that Beathard played last year, Carlos Hyde got 50 targets. 50. Wow. So maybe maybe Matt Breida starts getting a few more targets his way. Yeah, that'd be nice. Breida left with an injury, but he was able to come back. Jamie, your week three loser is one who caught a touchdown, but still a loser. David Johnson just still doesn't look right. And it's not him. It's that stupid offense, that stupid offense coordinator. And hopefully that they start to change things with the quarterback change with, uh, with Rosen. I mean, ugh. Yeah, 12 carries, 31 yards, but he did have four catches. 
uh, for 30 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, it was better, but it's not right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. David Johnson, David Johnson is the best, the best touchdown dependent running back in fantasy football. That's what he's become. That's what the Cardinals are making him. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. It's they so had, tough. they had a third down play to try and get a first down to stay in the game. And they this ran is the it. the one late in the fourth quarter. They ran it with Chase Edmonds. Yeah, they gave Chase Edmonds the whole third series of the game. They use him, I think, every third series. It's all Chase Edmonds all the time. And he was he was an even worse dud than than David Johnson was in week three. No targets for him either. So it's it's mystifying that they're not finding ways to get both of those guys more targets. Why pay him? Why pay David Johnson? Yeah, I don't, I don't sure, know. because yeah, you're not using him as much. It's yeah. it's very preposterous and. A change has to come somewhere. It probably means firing Mike McCoy. My guess is that that's not on the, it's not imminent. Could be several weeks away. And if you've got David Johnson on your fantasy team, if you try trading him, there's no chance you get anything good for him. Certainly nothing that you would consider fair well, given. He, he just scored a touchdown. He has scored a touchdown in two of three yeah, games. But that's, like, yeah, I but... don't know that the average fantasy owner is as down on David Johnson as, as we are. I oh, guarantee they you are. they are. After after what you invested in him and the lack of production? Oh, that I agree, but I don't think that you can't get anything for David Johnson. And if you guys are speaking that way, oh no, he's he's a great buy low candidate because they'll they'll continue to try and keep him involved. And I do think the quarterback change is going to help, but this this has just been awful so far. You would think with the quarterback being like, look at Dallas. Dallas has a bad passing attack, but they're feeding Zeke as much as they possibly can. The Cardinals are not doing the same thing. All right, so let me let me throw out running backs. You tell me, would you rather have David Johnson or Devontae Freeman rest of season? That's easy, Johnson. It's Johnson. Johnson. All right, all right then I'll aim higher. Jordan Howard or David Johnson? Howard, easily. Uh, Howard. Yeah. And I don't think Howard scored a touchdown this year. He did. Yeah, he scored one today. He's he one scored yarder. one today. My bad. So he got one today, and Johnson is too. I'll still take Howard. Well, that's funny because, I mean, David Johnson – or excuse me, Jordan Howard and Devontae Freeman – we're basically back to back, you know, very close. We don't close know when ADP. Freeman's playing again. You're right. I, I assume he's out maybe one more week, but you're right. Um, but okay. So then let me throw one more running back out there. Kenyon Drake or David Johnson? Johnson. I'm going to say Johnson. Ooh, I don't like it though, but that's what I would take. I, I think I would still say Johnson. All right. Here's my week three loser. It's fantasy owners, fantasy owners of Kenny Stills and fantasy owners of Robert Woods. These guys are going to drive you crazy. Kenny Stills, five targets, 61 catches, or 61 yards and a touchdown. He had a long one. That's kind of what he is, but, you know, he's talented. He's good. I, I don't know. I, I think he's going to drive people crazy. He was starting 38% of leagues. Robert Woods, the targets have been there. That's always good. He's had nine, nine, eleven targets in three games, but finally comes through with 104 yards and two touchdowns. Maybe he's more startable, but he was only started in 61% of leagues. And going into Sunday night's game, Robert Woods was the number two wide receiver in fantasy this week behind Calvin Ridley. So, guys, are either Kenny Stills or Robert Woods must start guys? Well, we're getting to the bye weeks now, so you're down Carolina and, and Washington guys. Not that those are a lot of receivers there, but there are some flex options there. So I think you buy into Woods for sure with the targets because he's been so involved. It's just a matter of time. Like they missed on a couple big plays in the first two weeks that you just can't help. Um, you, you know, you, you got to buy into what this offense is and what the, the the stats have been for him minus the uh, the big plays. So I, I think he's fine. It still is going to be a little frustrating. I mean, Jakeem Grant had a lot of big plays today. Um, he's, I think he was leading them in catches coming into this, this game. So Stills is almost feels like what you expect Will Fuller to be. Yeah, I, I, th- I agree with your point. I think if you'd have just done owners of Kenny Stills, I would have agreed entirely <laughs> with your point. I don't agree on Robert Woods at all. If a guy's getting nine targets as a floor every week, I'm starting him every week. And if he ha- he's down weeks, every receiver has down weeks. That's fine. You should start not- Robert Woods every single week. And it's nine targets from a, a quarterback that's playing great. Yeah, yes, that's true. It's not it's not like Demarius Thomas who's getting all these targets from a quarterback who stinks. Okay. Um all right, fair enough. Let's go on to the big news. First, let's tell you about one of our sponsors and it's SeatGeek. 
Gotta love SeatGeek. They sponsor a lot of our shows. We want to thank them for sponsoring us. And thank them for giving you an opportunity to save 20 bucks on your first SeatGeek purchase. So, look, we got big time sports now. We got football. We got baseball postseason coming up. Basketball, hockey, great sports. Get yourself to a game or a concert or comedy or theater. Get a fully guaranteed ticket. Every purchase on SeatGeek is fully guaranteed. And when you go to a game, or whatever event you're going to, save 20 bucks on your first purchase. Here's how you do it. You download the SeatGeek app. You use SeatGeek to search for an event, find the best tickets, and then use the promo code FFT. So when you're done with the purchase, you enter the promo code FFT, get 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek searches multiple sites, so they bring in a whole bunch of results. You get great options. They give every seat a grade based on value, so you know the best bang for your buck You know immediately. You can see the prices with all of the fees. You can sort by price. You can sort by how many tickets you want. It's such an easy app to use. And the promo code, again, is FFT for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Download the SeatGeek app. Use the code FFT. SeatGeek, life's an event, and we have the tickets. So Jimmy Garoppolo with the injury. Josh Rosen replaced Sam Bradford. Rosen is 8% owned. He threw eight passes, officially only seven. One was uh, caught for a touchdown by the Bears, but it was called back on a penalty. Um, three of his eight passes went to Christian Kirk. So that's interesting. Kirk had a big game. A.J. Green, groin injury, he thinks he'll play next week. Joe Mixon has a chance to play next week at Atlanta. Pittsburgh is listening to offers for Le'Veon Bell, according to Adam Schefter. Dave, how funny would it be if you had James Conner and Le'Veon Bell and you were able to start both of them every week? It wouldn't be funny. It would be the best possible outcome. Yeah. <laughs> so you might laugh all the way to a fantasy championship if that happens. Uh, but it's gotta yeah. happen first. When, when Le'Veon started missing games, this was a possibility. It just was low probability. But now it looks like there's a decent chance of it happening. I, Steelers I seem wonder, comfortable with Connor as their running back and they're just going to take whatever they can get for Le'Veon. I just wonder like what's the best offer for a high mileage superstar running back that will not pe- play Unless you give him a long-term deal and overpay him, a two or a three. Oh, I would, I would. If I was the Steelers and I got offered anywhere close to that, I would jump on it. And I think that's what they'll do. And I also think Le'Veon will, will sign that franchise tender in a heartbeat if the team that agrees to acquire him says we will not tag you again in 2019. Which could be dumb. Team might want to actually keep that right, but Le'Veon will jump at the chance to be guaranteed free agency and get back to play. Now it's just a matter of finding a team that's actually going to give up that second or third round pick to effectively rent Le'Veon Bell for, if it happens now, 13 weeks, 12 weeks. The NFL. I don't know which team is ready to do that. Is monitoring LaShawn McCoy's criminal case, according to Pro Football Talk. He's not necessarily out of the woods yet. Um, Andrew Luck, guys, was replaced by Jacoby the Bills. Brissett. The Bills should hope he never plays again. Yeah, right. I wouldn't want, or want to know without him. Andrew Luck was replaced by Jacoby Brissett for a Hail Mary at the end of the game. Uh, Frank Reich said it was not about his shoulder. Andrew Luck. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, right. right. No, this was this happened in the preseason. He wasn't throwing the ball downfield. He's still not throwing the ball downfield. And we got Houston next week. But who could possibly feel good about Andrew Luck right now? You absolutely cannot. And it's not just throwing the ball downfield. It's throwing the ball to the sideline, which we noted in the preseason, but thought, well, maybe he's just building up his arm strength, and and maybe he still is. But you you can't start Andrew Luck with any sort of confidence. He's not a high ceiling fantasy quarterback. I I just want to say one thing in his defense. I I'm worried about the throwing the ball down the field, and I agree with most of the things you guys have said. He had four touchdown passes dropped in this game. Two by uh, two by Ebron, two by Chester Rogers. Yeah. Well, Ebron. Okay, I don't know that Ebron dropped two touchdowns. Did he? He had one knocked away on a good play. They were tough plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you're right. So, what would you say, Heath, to the to the T.Y. Hilton owner right now? I'm a little worried. Oh, thank I don't you. Think you, can I, do you know what? Talk it. talk to me because I'm I'm a T.Y. Hilton owner in many leagues. Let's have a conversation about it. This sucks for you. I'm sorry. You do not go sell him for pennies on the dollar. Thank you. You trade him for David Johnson. Who would you rather have rest of the season, Hilton or Johnson? Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. Johnson. All right. Hilton or um, Hilton or Fuller? Hilton. Uh, Phil Hilton. I mean, look, it's not like Andrew Luck's been ruled out. 
No, no, not, not at all. It's just a new reality for T.Y. Hilton, which was fine. I mean, he caught a touchdown each of the first two games. Just, and he led the team in receiving in this game. The only reason why I'd hesitate to say Fuller over Hilton is because of Fuller's track record of missing games. Mm-hmm. And I'm also worried about Deshaun Watson eventually missing games. That's well, a terrible. Head next week. Let's see how I know. Terrible sure. offensive line. I think T.Y. Hilton has a much better chance of being there for you all season long. Philip Lindsay got ejected in the first half for throwing a punch. Dope. Idiot. Kansas City on uh, Monday night next week. Evan Ingram left with a knee injury in the second quarter. Rhett Ellison caught a touchdown. Uh, Clay Matthews should quit. Ingram was, uh, I think had his leg, um, in a mobilized brace. Yep. Yeah. He Clay- thinks he'll be okay. I think an MRI might say otherwise. Clay Matthews should quit. It's not fair what the NFL is doing to Clay Matthews. And, uh, Christian McCaffrey's got a ton of work this, this game. He was in. He was in on a lot of goal line or goal to go situations, but Cam Newton is a total ball hog. Marcus Peters was carried off the field with a calf injury in the second quarter, and Akeem Talib limped off the field in the third quarter. I'm not. Does anybody know if Talib came back in the game for the Rams? I don't believe. I he don't. Did. No, I don't think he did. And the timing is terrible for the both of them because they play on the short week against Minnesota. Yeah, they don't need them against the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> and Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant high fived in the middle of the play. As Wilson was sauntering into the end zone for a touchdown, it was awesome. Dave Richard, thank you for well, joining I'll, I'll the show. I'll ask you guys this because Pete Prisco does the power rankings for our, our site. Um, the Rams are the easy number one. The Chiefs are the easy number two. Who's the number three team in the NFL right now? Uh, I don't really care what happens in tonight's game. I'd say it's the Patriots or the. Vikings. Okay, so we had this conversation. How could you put the Patriots over the Jaguars who just smacked them around last week? Because I, in my heart, see, the way I would do power, I think power rankings are so stupid. The way I would do power rankings is, who do I think has the best chance to win the Super Bowl right now? And I think the Patriots have a better chance than the Jaguars, and that's why I would rank them ahead of them. Uh, I, I would agree with you, um, but it's still an interesting talking point that just because one team lost, you still have to take into account that they beat the team that we're, we're talking about. Yeah, oh yeah, but like, nobody's got the Dolphins in their top five, do they? So Pete <laughs> said, you can't I don't know do if we'll that. stick to this. He said that if the Bucks win tomorrow night, they're three. No, they're and not the third the Bucks, best team. If the Bucks lose, the Dolphins might. No, be three. that's not. That's the standings page. That's not power <laughs> rankings. No, right. Carry on, Johnson looks awesome, by the way. He really does. Dave, you want to go with the first, second quarter touchdown? Right. The Patriots the do not look like, like the number three team. Yeah, they're no. fine. They're fine. We've we've been down this road before. Uh, I apologize to Dave. I keep kicking him off. Dave has to go uh, write some stuff for the website, so you have it on Sunday night. Dave, thank you so much. I wish you all a good night. Farewell. All right. Bye, Dave. The next category. That was my version of gotta go by. <laughs> <laughs> the next category is about one team, and here it is. So uh the Packers. Gotta be a little concerned, right? The Packers? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers does not look right. I mean, there are a couple of times where he was, uh, on some runs where he, you know, was just limping at the end. Um, I do think that they will play better against Buffalo than the Vikings did. Maybe the Vikings should stop in Minnesota on the way to Green Bay as opposed to stopping Wisconsin on the way to, uh, Minnesota. But this should, uh, this should be a get right game for the Packers. Uh, so what about long term, Heath? I mean, okay, we're going to start them in week four against Buffalo, but, you know the the running game. I hope so, I hope one person emerges, even if it's not the person I drafted. We still want somebody to be reliable there. And Devontae Adams is is scoring, but he's averaging sixty eight yards per game. He's actually averaging fewer yards per game than Geronimo Allison, who's got seventy yards per game. Randall Cobb's basically had one huge catch, seventy five yard touchdown catch, and other than that, he's uh, been pretty quiet. But if if Rodgers can't move around, he's Barely running the ball at all. He has, I think, less than 40 yards rushing in three games, and he can get you 300 rushing yards in a season. Uh, do we have to reevaluate how we look at every Packer? I don't, like, Devontae Adams is, has not taken the leap that we expected, but he's looked a lot like Devontae Adams. The yardage is not as high as the number one wide receiver, but he scores most weeks, so he's still a borderline number one wide receiver. I don't feel comfortable, even against Buffalo, or maybe especially against Buffalo, starting any of these running backs next week. Right. I think you have to consider Allison the number two receiver in a flex in this offense. You can't start Cobb. And Jimmy Graham, you're probably starting because tight end's terrible. Mm-hmm. Cobb is getting targets, though. Like, like, what's the difference between Cobb and Robert Woods? You know, Cobb's had double-digit targets in two of three games. 
Robert Woods has had at least nine targets in every game. And he didn't need one 75-yard touchdown catch to be good. He's been good in two out of three games. Mm-hmm. It's a good answer. Uh, <laughs> I guess my final question about this is like, do you feel like this is a sinking ship and it's going to turn south for, for the Packers? Which way is the arrow going for you? Downward, but not sinking. Like, I don't really believe Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in football right now. And I thought he was at the beginning of the year. But it's not so much his fault as the fact that Patrick Mahomes exists now. Let's just see what happens next week. Because <laughs> they, they played Chicago, where he got hurt. Yep. Minnesota, which is, you know, I still think one of the best defenses in the NFL. And then on the road in some sloppy weather against the Redskins. And the Redskins, for the most part, have played well defensively. Yeah. So I, I'd like to see a home game against the Bills, how this all plays out. Because if they still struggle against Buffalo, then it is a sinking ship. But if they come out, forget about the running game, because we knew it was going to get messy when Aaron Jones got back. To what level of messiness? I don't necessarily agree with Dave that that Williams is third. I still think he's better than Ty Montgomery, because I don't know how many times they're going to be in this type of hurry-up situation um, to this level. So down two touchdowns. So I I still think Williams has some options. And and what did Williams average? Like 5.8 yards per carry still? He had 5 for 29. So, so he yeah. still ran the ball well when he ran the ball. It's just he's going to lose opportunity. As now. he did last week against Minnesota. Um, so I, I just I just think let's you're starting Rodgers next week against Buffalo. That goes without saying. You're starting Adams. You're probably now with the bye week starting Allison at least as a three, third receiver. And Jimmy Graham, like he said, because tight end stinks. If they come out of the game playing like they probably will, you're going to feel a lot better about the Packers. Look, I. I think it's all it's all R-E-L-A-X. about LAX, okay? One, no, but it's all about one thing for me. It's all about Rogers' knee. That's it. I'm, I'm not. It stems from one thing: Rogers being kind of immobile. He's a guy who really relies on. Like two years ago, Russell Wilson hurt his ankle in Week One. He finished outside the top twelve that year and uh, just just struggled. He just wasn't right all year. I just don't want that situation for, for the Packers. But I guess it's just we have to see which way the the knee gets. The knee goes. Uh, let's take a look at the leaders in Fantasy Week 3. Matt Ryan, number one, with 49 fantasy points. Drew Brees, 45. And we still have two games left. we got Sunday night in progress. we got Monday night tomorrow. But right now it's Ryan Brees. Cam Newton with only 150 rushing yards, but or uh, throwing yards, passing yards, but 33 fantasy points and six point per passing touchdown leagues. And then how about Ryan Tannehill? He's got to be like the most efficient quarterback. He he hasn't thrown, I don't think he's thrown more than 28 passes in a game. Tannehill's having a nice year so far. And Jared Goff. Patrick Mahomes is sixth this week. What a loser. So Ryan, Breeze, Cam, Tannehill, and Goff. Heath, your reaction? Trying to think of the what, like, the Ryan Tannehill one was a little bit like the Patrick Mahomes one, except he also got a lot of his yards from the same type of plays in week one, where he had a couple of shovel passes, or at least one, that went a long way for a touchdown, that Albert Wilson one. So I I thought Tannehill was a good streamer this week. I think against the right matchup, you can use him. He's not somebody I want as my starting quarterback on a week-to-week basis. I, I'm, I'm you know, doing the early waiver wire stuff for Tuesday, and uh, I'm, I'm struggling with who's going to be better between Dalton against the Falcons on the road second straight game, or Tannehill against the Patriots and what this defense looked like, but in Foxborough. Uh, yeah, I, I just I would love to see Tannehill throw 30 passes because I know you can't be a great quarterback unless you run a lot with 28 passes a game. Uh, he's not even at that. But, but he might but have he, to. He might have to, exactly. He might have right. to. Right, and so with the way that he's playing, and, and look, you, you know, we talked about this a little bit with Kenny Stills. They're using so many receivers, and they're all making plays. Like, mm-hmm. Devontae Parker had a couple big catches today. I don't think we've yet, we've seen the best of, of Danny Amendola, you know, and they're, and they're being so creative with Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson. So it, it's, it's really one of those situations where I think you can rely on him. And, and for the most part, Adam, he, he's, he is running the ball. He got you 40 yards rushing last week. I think he was the leading rusher today, which doesn't say much about who their <laughs> running backs are. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, he's giving you a little bit. Sure. He can do that. Uh, I want to talk about Drew Brees and I think a very, very important fantasy question is this. What happens to the Saints offense when Mark Ingram comes back? Does it look like what we saw last year? Does it look still like what we're seeing this year where they have a bad defense and a prolific offense? Or is it somewhere in the middle? Because there could be some really interesting trade value 
if you think Mark Ingram's return is going to change the way the Saints play football? Heath? I think it will depend on the matchup. You saw them run the ball a little more in week two against a Browns team that they could stop. They couldn't stop the Falcons this week. For some reason, they couldn't stop Tampa Bay in week one. Well, we know why, because it fits magic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the Saints defense is bad. And I do expect they will run it more once Ingram gets back because he's better at running between the tackles than Alvin Kamara is. I still think Drew Brees is going to be a good fantasy starting quarterback when Ingram comes back. He won't be this good. Are you looking to trade him or you just, just stick with it? I, I I have a hard time. Like I, like I said with Patrick Mahomes last week, if I can sell high on a quarterback, I will do it just yeah. universally. Okay. But – that's generally pretty hard to do. I wouldn't be looking to trade him because I don't think he's going to be good anymore. So here, here's what you have right now. The, the, you have Cam Newton on a bye, Alex Smith on a bye, Andrew Luck, you don't know what his scenario is, and Jimmy Garoppolo is out for the season. So there's probably at least one or two owners never really looking for a quarterback if they don't have a good backup guy. So if you have Breeze and, I mean, there probably are some teams that have Breeze and Mahomes. That's an easy one. Try and sell one of those guys. Uh, but if you have Breeze and Goff, um, Breeze and Ryan, Ryan and Mahomes, you know, there are quarterbacks probably that could, you can, you can try and trade. Like I was surprised our IDP league, um, it's, it's going to work out well for me because I, I, I have Garoppolo, but I had Garoppolo and I looked at waivers this morning and there was Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Somebody dropped him. Yeah. You know, you're going to see some, some scenarios like that, you know, where, where quarterbacks or in, in probably some leagues, 10 team leagues, other players, but, um, you might find some, some pretty decent quarterbacks on, on the waiver wire. If you and have the ability to stash two of those guys, do so and then try and trade one. And I think that that other point, for, just from the other side of that, I agree with everything Jamie said. If you're that team that lost Garoppolo or that's scared of what's going on with Luck, don't necessarily go look to sell one of your position players for a quarterback. Look at the waiver wire first. We just told you Tannehill and Dalton are probably going to be good next week. There are guys like that every week. You don't have to go give up a good player to get a quarterback. Right, but also don't be afraid to make some sort of minor trade too. You know, it's not a bad situation to try and do some sort of two for two or three for three or three for two. You know, just to just to see if somebody will give you their backup quarterback on the hopes that they need something else that you can help them with too. Let's take a look at the running back leaderboard in fantasy week three. Adrian Peterson, this is standard scoring, non PPR. Adrian Peterson, he would not be number one in PPR. Alvin Kamara had fifteen freaking catches today. But Peterson, another big game. 19 carries, 120 yards, and two touchdowns. He was terrible last week. He was great in week one. Uh, Carlos Hyde is currently number two. And tied for third, Todd Gurley and Christian McCaffrey, who got 28 carries. Tied for fifth, Alvin Kamara and Chris Carson, who got 32 carries. So Jamie, we got- he didn't, he didn't play on special teams, apparently. I, I know, he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, worn out. Adrian Peterson, Carlos Hyde, Todd Gurley, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Chris Carson, uh, that's, uh, there's some ties in there, but those are your six best running backs this week, Jamie. Yeah, I mean, kudos to Heath and, and Dave for, for, uh, backing Peterson to the level that they did. I didn't expect this at all, so I apologize for that. Um, I, I was, I was surprised. He looked awesome. And, you know, now he gets a bye week and, you know, should have fresh legs coming back in week five. I still think he's a sell high candidate because I don't know if he can keep this up over the course of the season, but, you know, two out of three games, he's just looked awesome and this offense has looked great. And I don't think that they've peaked yet, you know, because we haven't seen really the the passing game to the level that I think it can get to um, with this receiving core, you know. So Richardson had a little bit of a fluky touchdown today, um, and uh, and and they finally got Crowder involved to a, to a lesser extent. But um, there, there's there's a lot to like about the way this offense is operating when they're not playing the great defense of the Colts. Heath, give me your take on Chris Carson and his 32 carries, and do you think he'll be a reliable fantasy asset going forward? That's actually one of the subjects for Believe It or Not tomorrow. I do not. He's another guy I'd be willing to uh, try to sell high on. I'm, I'm glad they gave him the majority of the work instead of Penny. I still don't think this defense, especially outside of Seattle, is going to be very good. I don't think they're going to be in situations where they can run the ball this much very often. The offensive line looked better in this game, but the offensive line is not good. I would sell on Chris Carson if you can get a top 24 running back for him. The, I agree with you, but I might wait one week because they get to go to Arizona next week. And that's a defense that just has not played well. They've not defended the run well. Um, Jordan Howard scored this week. I don't think they're going to be in a situation where they're leading against Seattle that even if Sam Rosen comes in and plays great. So I might wait one more week just to see if Carson can do this again and then maybe sell high. I think the Seahawks got DJ Fluker today for their first, for the first time this year. And he's a 
pretty good run blocker, I want to say. So I saw something from one of the beat writers that Dwayne Brown was talking about how this is the first time they let them play to something, you know, like let them do this or that, or, you know, he was just excited about it. I'll see if I can find the quote. Okay. Um, but in any, in any event, it seems as if there was a change. Okay. So here's what it is. Uh, according to, I think it's the Seattle Times, uh, Dwayne Brown said a key today was the coaches trusting the line to get a running game going. So maybe just investing in the run. And Fluker did play. So it's something to keep an eye. I don't think he's going to cure everything, but he will be an upgrade for them at guard. Uh, before we get to the wide receivers, one more sponsor to tell you about. Something really cool, especially I think if you're looking for a nice gift that's not going to break the bank for you. Movement watches, and we've all got movement watches, and we freaking love our movement watches. They're really, really nice, and they're not gaudy. They're not showy. They're just kind of classy, understated. I just, just like really, really nice watches, and they're very affordable. So movement watches start at just $95. At a department store, you're looking at 400 to 500 bucks. $95, you can get a really nice watch at movement watches, and it's, it's not, you don't spell out movement. It's M-V-M-T. MVMT. In fact, here's the URL. Why don't you take a look? You can get 15% off with free shipping and free returns. Movement Watches is at MVMT.com slash FFootball. MVMT.com slash FFootball. It's a really clean design, makes a really nice fashion statement, and I'm telling you personally that I got a movement watch, I wear it, People love it. I get compliments on it all the time. Just go there and check out the selection. You don't have to buy anything at first, but go check out the selection. I think you're going to be really tempted to get a watch for you or for someone else. So it's MVMT.com slash FFootball. 15% off, free shipping, free returns. MVMT.com slash FFootball. Step up your watch game, people, and join the movement. All right, wide receivers. Calvin Ridley is number one. Uh, 32 fantasy points in non-PPR. Robert Woods, Jordy Nelson, okay, did not see that coming. Albert Wilson and Mike Williams. Really interesting week, guys. Man, Ridley, Robert Woods, Jordy Nelson, Albert Wilson, Mike Williams. <sighs> Jamie, I don't even know where to begin. I guess we should begin with Calvin Ridley. Is a star born in week three. It was awesome. Um, you know, and, and I think this speaks to how good Matt Ryan is playing. Um, it has the ability to play with uh, a more open offense with the defense being what it is. Um, there will be some market correction coming because I don't think teams are going to just specifically say we got to take away Julio Jones after what really has shown the last two weeks. And like, he's a good player. I mean, he's a first round pick for a reason. So in an offense that is going to, uh, you know, feature him, he's got, he's got a chance. Now this is, this is the ultimate sell high moment, but. If you have him on the end of your bench, I mean, I, I in our podcast league, I cut him after week one just because I needed to make some moves, and I, I regret that wholeheartedly. Oh, well, I picked him up, and guess what, Jamie? He was on my bench, and I'm going to lose because of it, so take <laughs> that. <laughs> uh Calvin Ridley, or let's take a look at some other wide receivers. Calvin Ridley or Kenny Stills? I'll still take Stills. I'll still take stills also, but it's close. You know, the interesting thing is, is, is Ridley versus some of the waiver wire guys. So you talked about one, Mike Williams, Tyler Boyd, we talked about. He's going to be popular on the waiver wire. Um, uh, who am I oh, missing? Oh man, I can't cut Ridley right now. <laughs> no, this is not cutting him. I'm, I'm not saying cut him by any stretches. Better rest of season. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Williams. Oh, no, why, why did anybody cut Ridley? No, that. that oh, I thought because you said that. waiver wire. I, I no, 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 no. Like, like who's better? Because Ridley's, I think, ownership is still in the seventies. So there, there are some leagues where you can get him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So if Ridley and Mike Williams were out there, who'd you pick up? Ridley. Heath. Uh, I think I'd pick up Ridley too. I mean, this was like we told, we said, I think on Friday's show that this was running back two week. After uh, all the injuries, and it turned out to be wide receiver two week. Like over half the teams, the number two wide receiver outscored the number one. Ridley was better than Julio. Fuller was better than Hopkins. Mike Williams is better than Keenan Allen. Jordy was better than Cooper. Sammy was better than Tyreek. Geronimo was better than Devonte Adams. Tyler Boyd was better than AJ Green. This happened. Uh, you're forgetting one. Uh, yeah, Sterling Shepard. Did you say him? I thought I did, but oh, he was on the list. I'm yes. sorry, I'm sorry. You may have said it. I probably didn't. Okay, come on. Come on, Heath. Can't forget that well, I team. Think the key was, like, how many catches and yards did Sterling Shepard have before Evan Ingram got hurt? Evan Ingram got hurt pretty early, so I, I don't yeah. know, honestly. I think that was the key. And if, if Ingram's out for a long period of time, then Shepard's a, a guy you're going to start. Yeah, that's a good point. 
Uh, your top tight ends this week with Gronkowski still playing. Uh, Dallas Goddard is number one. Travis Kelsey, Kyle Rudolph, Kittle, Rhett Ellison, Ricky Seals-Jones. Heath Goddard, Kelsey, Rudolph, Kittle, Ellison, and Ricky Seals-Jones. Just exactly how you had it ranked, I think, actually. Yeah, this is really, really close to how I had it ranked. I was glad to see the <laughs> targets pay off for Ricky Seals-Jones a little bit. That was a positive. It's just this position, for everybody that plays fantasy baseball, it, it, it feels a lot like catcher now. Uh, well, there are more, there are more Gary Sanchez's, right? You know, you got Gronk, Ertz, and, and Kelsey. Now, this, Did that, you say you were happy to see the targets pay off of Ricky Stills Jones? The first two weeks he got the targets, this week he got the production. Okay. <laughs> Cause he well, had three targets for one catch. One catch, 35 yards, and a touchdown. <laughs> it is nice that Kyle Rudolph has found a way to be productive three straight weeks. Um, yeah, Kittle, unfortunately, we're dealing with that situation. And wasn't a great week for tight ends. So let's go to the mega duds. It wasn't a great week for these guys either, and we've taken a long time here, so probably spent a little less time on the games. We've talked about a lot of players so far, but the mega duds this week. I'm going to read them all. I'm going to I'm going to separate them into two groups. Mega duds part one. Tell me if you have long term concerns about any of these mega duds. Kirk Cousins, uh, Derek Henry, and Deion Lewis, and Kenyon Drake. No long term concerns. I'm most concerned about Derrick Henry. Um, their defense played really good in this game. I think Jacksonville probably just played stupid. But I, I'm worried that they're going to be in negative game scripts most of the year. And, our, I mean, at this point, like, really, Kenyon Drake, they didn't have, I don't think they had the ball for that much. They had some big plays. But he's not getting enough damn carries. And Frank Gore, it's, a, it's pretty close to 50-50. But still no long term. Well, it wasn't, concerns. it wasn't coming in today though. Uh, okay, no. So Gore had nine carries in weeks one and week two. Drake had, uh, 14 carries and 11 carries. So you're right. Probably more like 65-35. That's still not yeah. great. Yeah, and, and the, and the passing game was much more in favor of Drake. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Mega Duds part two. Long term concerns about any of these guys. Larry Fitzgerald, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, Will Disley. Um, I shouldn't really this, include Disley. He's waiver wire guy. So how about the receivers? Fitzgerald, yes. Just because I, I I think this this offense is a disaster. Yeah. Like today was terrible. Yeah, we don't know how Josh Rosen will impact him, but you got to be concerned. I I don't remember. Oh, let's find out right now. Did I sit him for John Brown? Because I was debating it. It was going back and forth. We'll find out. Uh, any long-term concerns about Amari Cooper, who now has had two terrible games in my starting lineup and one great game on my bench, and uh, Keenan Allen? Not Keenan Allen. Go on. The other guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other guy, yes. Cooper. Although, I mean, to, to be fair, they faced a great secondary today, and I think it was take away Amari Cooper. Uh, on the Jordy Nelson, at least the first big play, Minka Fitzpatrick, who was playing no Rashad Jones this game, and he took an awful angle. He was playing center field in the, in the back of the defense, and Jordy found found that extra gear again, and Fitzpatrick just had a bad angle, and then once he got past Fitzpatrick, he was gone. Like he found that extra gear for on the first one. He found that extra gear for about ten steps, and then the linebacker caught him. <laughs> yeah, but I mean to get there though. Yes. To yes. get across the field, he 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 got. He, I mean Fitzpatrick just had a bad play. Jordy Nelson had two catches of more than 60 yards. But uh, for Keenan Allen, does the Mike Williams emergence scare you at all? No. No. No, it might hurt him a little bit in the red zone, but he hasn't really been a, a huge presence in the red zone anyway. Okay. News and notes. Cleveland expected— such a good matchup against the Chargers, uh, 49ers this week. Yeah, Cleveland expected to name Baker Mayfield starter on Monday. They'll be at Oakland this week in week uh, four. Matt Breida got hurt, but he came back. Houston's left guard got hurt. Oakland's offensive lineman, Donald Penn, left with a concussion. Green Bay defensive tackle, Muhammad Wilkerson. He's a rotation guy for them. Uh, but he had a what could be a very serious leg injury. Also, Brian Bulaga, their right tackle, left with a back issue. I'm not sure if he returned. Blaine Gabbert left. Mariota came in. Not fully healthy. And they still won. <laughs> oh, congratulations to Mike Vrabel. He's done an amazing job the last two weeks. Yep. William Hayes, Dolphins defensive end, he left with an injury. That was weird. Did you see that? No. 
So he sacked Carr and looked like he was doing some sort of sack celebration, but he was really just writhing on the floor in pain. Oh, really? Yes. Oy. But, like, he destroyed Derek Carr. Oh, man. Uh, Sean Lee left with a hamstring injury, and they had a bad game against the run. I was thinking about that when, with, uh, with your call and as watching this, um, with your, your, your talk about Sean Lee and his impact on the run defense and watching carry on Johnson tonight. That's the matchup next week. So carry on Johnson could be in line for a good game. They are more confident without him because they like Layden, Layden Vanderish so much, but he's a rookie and Lee is still a you know, really good player. Uh, Damon Harrison. So we, I don't know what happened with Damon Harrison. Apparently he was seen on, on the cameras, uh, very upset on the sideline. This is one of the better defensive tackles in football, so he could be, well, I think you're going to start Alvin Kamara no matter what. But he could really have a big impact uh, next week. So Pat Shermer didn't seem to think there was an injury for Snacks Harrison. Tennessee cornerback Adoree Jackson left with a concussion. And Sean Watson, garbage time to Sean Watson and Lamar Miller especially. Miller was having a dreadful game. Caught a touchdown with one second left to give him a respectable game. Uh, a bunch of almost touchdowns. Eh, you don't really care about them. Tariq Cohen had an almost touchdown. Jared Cook had two almost touchdowns. Uh, here we go. Let's go to the games. Carolina 31, Cincinnati 21. Cam Newton, top five quarterback rest of season? Top ten. Okay. Did I ask you Cam Newton or Matt Ryan yet? If I did, answer again. Ryan. Heath? Ah, <laughs> heat side. That was the that was the heat side. That was a good one. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that one. Why don't you just cop out and say four point per passing touchdown, Cam? Six point Ryan. I'm taking Cam in both. Okay, all right. Buffalo twenty seven and Minnesota six. So, Adam <laughs> Thielen over Stefan Diggs, rest of season. No. Yes. But Jamie and I have neither one changed our answer since before the season, so very helpful. They're both great. Diggs had a bad game. Uh, let's just talk about Latavius Murray. Two carries for one yard, five catches for 30 yards. I'm, I'm sorry to everyone that I recommended Latavius Murray to. Why would you apologize? Yeah, I mean, it was this game was extremely unexpected. Like we said, the biggest upset since the early 90s. It, it's shocking. Yeah. It is so shocking. Uh, meanwhile, Josh Allen does have some good running ability, has some talent. He's 9% owned. Does he have any fantasy value outside of two quarterback leagues? No. Okay. Baltimore 27 and Denver 14. Well, what do you think the impact of this Philip Lindsay ejection is and Royce Freeman getting a six-yard rushing touchdown on the first play of the game? Where are you now right now, Jamie, on the – uh, the Denver running backs. I still think, and, and, and I said this going into last week, that his, Royce Freeman's gonna be very game script specific. If they're winning, it's like almost what he said about Derrick Henry. If, if they're winning, he's gonna have a chance to have some good games. If they're not, then you're gonna have, you know, some, some bad stat lines. And so the fact that they blocked the punt and he had the early goal line opportunity, that he punched it in, his stat line looks good. Now he did average four yards per carry, but you know, you wonder how many carries he would have gotten if Lindsey was in this game. It's just going to be a little bit of a wait and see approach, but I, I'm, I still think he's a borderline number two running back. Most weeks you think that they have a chance to be competitive or in the game. Next week is not going to be one of them. Against Kansas City. Right. So Heath, looking at Alex Collins, somebody that we called the buy low after last Thursday night, love the 18 carries, 68 yards and a touchdown, but still that, I mean, they line up. Javoris Allen is the fullback, Collins the deep back in the eye. He splits out like behind the right tackle, then they give it to Buck Allen. It's so obvious that was going to happen. Was this an encouraging game or a discouraging game or somewhere in the middle for Alex Collins? It was an extremely encouraging game. And if he gets 18 carries a week, he's going to be awesome in fantasy. He's a very good number two running back. And the Buck Allen fullback dive will never die. I <laughs> guess not. Is there any doubt that John Brown is the best wide receiver on the Ravens in fantasy? No. He's, a, he's the most talented. Right. For fantasy, I yes. mean, like the highest ranked fantasy. He has ever. the highest ceiling. I mean, look, I think what today showed you is that Michael Trapshee's not going away, but he still needs a touchdown to be a good fantasy option. Seven catches, 61 yards on 10 targets for Crabtree. 
Five catches for 86 yards on nine targets for Brown. I did start Brown over Larry Fitzgerald. Woo woo. And okay, moving on. Washington 31, Green Bay 17. I, Redskins to me, one of the biggest surprises right now. <clears throat> They're doing great. They're two and one. Uh, we talked extensively about the Packers, so. You know, it's tough with the Redskins going into a bye. That's kind of a shame. But Jamison Crowder has been the kind of guy who gets hot. And he scored a touchdown in this game. He only had four targets. He caught all of them, 39 yards and a touchdown. 59% own. Going into a bye, are you more likely to add or drop Jamison Crowder? Drop. I'm more likely to drop him than add him, but I'll probably just hold him. What do you think about Jordan Reed? He's been very, eh, so far. He's a must-start tight end. Okay. Philadelphia 20, Indianapolis 16. We did talk about Carson Wentz and Andrew Luck a lot here. Um, were you surprised that Wendell Smallwood, I'm sure you were, 3%. <laughs> like Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood, your take. Heath. I hate the fact that Smallwood got 10 carries, but it's not all that surprising with the way Philadelphia uses their running backs. What's more discouraging is that Clement got six more carries and had the same number of yards, and Smallwood got the touchdown. Clement also Smallwood looked better. I mean, I think Clement wasn't healthy. Yeah, and he fumbled twice in this game, so I don't know you know, what the impact of that was in terms of the carries, but that couldn't have helped. Um, Nelson Aguilar, four for 24. Not a, not, a good, not a good debut with Carson Wentz. Now, what what did you make of the Eagles in general with, with Wentz back? Wentz threw 21 passes to his tight ends. Hey, yeah, Goddard and Ertz both had 73 yards. And Josh Perkins had four targets. Wow. Well, so, I, look, I think it's, you know, I'm hoping that Alshon Jeffrey's back soon. but He I could can, play next week. you got to give the Colts defense credit. They really have played well through three games. And just like I said last year, Carson Wentz wasn't going to have a 7% touchdown rate all year. He's not going to have a 3% rate either. He'll have better games than this. Okay. All right, let's move on to our next game here. New Orleans 43, Atlanta 37. I should have chosen chosen this one as the banana. But <laughs> the banana, pardon me. Um, Drew Brees, yes, Matt Ryan, we talked about. Kamari, blah, blah, blah. Ten total touchdowns between both these guys. Man. And they're getting it done on the ground, too. Drew Brees had two rushing touchdowns in this game. Tevin Coleman with another good fantasy game. His yards per carry were terrible, but two catches, 14 yards, and a touchdown there. I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, Julio Jones, same question I asked you about Keenan Allen, and are you concerned about Mike Williams, you know, bumping Keenan Allen down a little bit? You said no. Are you concerned that Calvin Ridley hurts Julio Jones's stock? I would imagine coming off of a loss, we're going to get a little bit of an Antonio Brown chirping from him. Not the same thing because he's not the same guy, but you mentioned this. A.J. Green comes to town next week. These guys have been compared to each other throughout the course of their careers. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it's time for him to open his mouth a little bit. Can't wait for that game. It'll be a fun one. Uh I think we're done here. I mean, well, Ben Watson, 35% owned. They got the Giants next week who have not faced the good tight end all season. That doesn't mean they can defend them. So Ben Watson, 35% owned. Is he going to be in your waiver wire story, Jamie? Absolutely. I mean, he, he's... He has a great track record against the Falcons, so I thought he had a chance to play well. Um, I I think, uh, and, and you mentioned they haven't faced a good tight end. The Giants have. They they made Jordan Thomas look like a star today. Yeah, and and Austin Sperry and Jenkins had a touchdown called back in Week One. Giants twenty-seven, Houston twenty-two. He dropped one. No, he did. That's it went through. He it. it went through Janoris Jenkins' hands first. It was another okay. bad throw by Mister Blake Bortles. Um, Janoris Jenkins, by the way, did more or less shadow DeAndre Hopkins in this game. And Hopkins had six catches for 86 yards on 10 targets. Hey, guys, I'm going to ask a really nuanced question here. Heath, with the emergence of Will Fuller, do you think that uh, affects the value of DeAndre Hopkins? I am actually a little bit worried about that. Of the three you've asked about so far, I'm probably the most worried about Hopkins not being a a startable receiver or being good or anything, but I'm, I'm afraid he might not be a top three or four guy. I, okay. So obviously you're moving Michael Thomas ahead of, of Hopkins. Would you go with Hopkins or Beckham at this point? How about this? Everybody rank Hopkins, Beckham, Jones. Uh, Beckham, Hopkins, Jones. Beckham, Jones, Hopkins. 
Would anybody put Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, or A.J. Green ahead of those guys? No. You can't put Green ahead because of the groin situation. Okay. Uh, Eli Manning had a pretty damn good game. 25 for 29. They changed right tackle. It, I don't know how much it helped. Chad Wheeler, he got destroyed by J.J. Watt pretty much the entire game. But he, he had a good got game. sacked four times, Manning did. Uh, you know, actually, I want to talk about Sean Watson. I, I, the final numbers look great. A lot of it was fourth quarter comeback. It feels weird to ask if you're concerned about him. He scored 28 and 26 fantasy points in his last two games. Doesn't feel the same this year, for sure. Is, are you concerned about Deshaun Watson? Yes. Wow. Yes and no. I, I think as long as he stays healthy, you're going to get a lot of games like this. Uh, Heath, why did you quickly say yes? I agree with what you said to start. Like, I This was mostly garbage time production. I'd like to see what his numbers were through three quarters. They were not very good at all. And it may be that he can just do this in the fourth quarter of games. But I'm I'm concerned. He's not look like the same guy. Miami no, twenty okay. But he, could, he could get, we could have that Blake Bortles year. Of just the team stinks and he just gives you fancy production. There's no reason their defense should be playing this poorly. It's no confusing. Uh Miami twenty eight and Oakland twenty. Oakland had the ball for thirty eight minutes and thirty one seconds. The Dolphins had the ball for twenty one twenty nine. And that has to partially explain the Kenyon Drake uh, issues here. Uh, all right, you know, instead of me throwing it out, Jamie, why don't you throw out a storyline from this game that uh, maybe we haven't talked about? We talked about Drake. We talked about Amari Cooper, um, Tannehill. But anything else from this game you'd like to discuss? I mean, let, let's give Marshawn Lynch a little credit. Quietly's having a, a good fantasy season. You know, not necessarily PPR because he's not catching the ball very much. But um, but I guess he did today, three for 22. But he scored in each, each of the first three games. And so, um, you know, I, I don't know if anybody feels very comfortable starting him. But he's getting work, and he's producing fantasy numbers. Does anybody buy Jordy Nelson? He's 64% owned. We said drop him last week. He made us look bad. What about going forward for Jordy? I don't. I, I, I would I would see if anybody would give me anything for him. I agree. Does anybody look at Jared Cook and say, like, damn, who is that guy? He looks really good. He's big and fast. Like, he looks good. It just, just have, have you ever seen what, Jared yeah. Cook? He's yeah. always looked really good. That's why we've always fallen for him. What year is this? I don't know. He looks he looks better to me. No, we say it every year. All right, all right. They're using him a lot. I mean, he should have had two touchdowns today. Yeah, yeah heard that before too. <laughs> all right, so we're not buying into Jared Cook. Fair enough. Uh Kansas City 38, San Francisco 27. Uh Let's talk about Kareem Hunt. So he benefited from being on the best offense in football. He had two one-yard rushing touchdowns, but he is still completely uninvolved in the passing game, and he had just 44 yards on 18 carries against a defense that is has been very good going back to, like, mid-last year against running backs. Uh, but, Heath, how do you feel about Kareem Hunt right now? I feel pretty similar the way I did. I, I don't know that he's going to finish the year or be a number one running back in PPR. It was nice that they got the ball – at the one yard line twice and this time they gave it to him because it kind of feels like they can just score however they want to when they're on the one and this time they chose to let him do the scoring but they went hurry up offense two minute drill at the end of the first half and he wasn't even on the field so this is not the same situation for him in PPR who would you guys rather have rest of the season Kareem Hunt or David Johnson Kareem Hunt that offense is too good yeah yeah I'd probably agree with that how are we feeling about wanna... Sammy Watkins, Jamie? Go, I'm sorry to cut you off. You oh, no, he, he's been good, you know, through two weeks. Um, and so you just wonder if something clicked last week and, and now there, there's uh, a little bit more trust from the coaching staff, from the quarterback. And you have to assume teams are going to start to try and take away Tyree Kill as much as they can. And, and today, if that was the case, it seemed to work. I just wanted to see something because last year, if you recall, and, and it is the case. So last year, Tyree Kill was not good at home. Right, and, right. And, yep. and again, one game at home, not good. <laughs> he, yeah. Uh, they threw to him. He had a ball knocked away in the end zone. And then I, did he not draw it was, a pass It was interference, interference on, on Richard Sherman. Uh, that was called or no? Not called. Uh, Uncalled. Okay. And uh what do we think about Brita versus Mo- uh, Alfred Morris going forward? Oh, Brita looked awesome today. Yeah, all Brita. Okay. Tennessee 9, Jacksonville 6. 
And we talked about the Titans running backs. Would you drop Corey Davis or should we be patient considering Mariota will, will presumably be at the helm next week and they don't have to play Jacksonville anymore? Not until later in the year. But they have to play Philadelphia next week, so that's wonderful. Um, anyway, drop or keep Corey Davis, 90% owned. I would drop him for Tyler Boyd. I'd drop him for Mike Williams. I would drop him for what I hope is going to be another good game for Chris Godwin. So he's not a must-hold by any stretch for me. I do not want to drop him, but I think I agree with every name that Jamie gave that he would drop him for. So, mm-hmm. What about Keelan Cole? How, how owned should he be? He's 86% owned. This is what I expected for him. You know, we talked about this last week. He's going to have a good game, bad game, good game, bad game. He's just in that type of offense, and I think that type of player. But it's the same thing like we talked about with Robert Woods and Randall Cobb, and um, I don't know if we threw out any other names, but nine targets. He's going to be their most targeted receiver. There's just going to be some games where he just doesn't deliver. So this game was just so weird because Bortles had been playing well. He had been playing well without Fournette. Yep. And he did have a good track record against the Titans. I mean, I, I think you said it, Adam. Give Mike Rabel credit. You know, he's not going to be, at least right now, um, in any coach of the year discussions in the early part of the season, but he should be, you know, with what this team has done through the, the last two weeks, uh, with all the injuries that they've sustained. Let me ask a random question real quick. Is Patrick Mahomes the best quarterback that Andy Reid has ever had as a head coach? Or is it too early to put him ahead of McNabb? I think it's too early, but, you know, he looks like he's headed that way. I mean, he he very much, you know, I, I was a little too young to remember it, and, I, and I'm older than you two guys, and I grew up down here, but this feels like Marino 84. You know, just young quarterback that's on the way to just a monster, monster season, and you can't stop it. Yeah. He has one or two plays every game that make you think, how many quarterbacks in the NFL can do that? And the one this game was that pass to Conley, Amazing. where he had the yeah. Russell Wilson type scramble and then just threw an absolute laser on the run to the corner of the end zone between two defenders. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's no. Mahomes, Rodgers, Eli Manning, probably the only three quarterbacks that I could think that could make that throw. Eli <laughs> Manning couldn't do either part of that. <laughs> he could throw no, it. But, he could chuck but, it. But if Eli Manning had a a guy that could catch the ball with a helmet. Now that there you go, that's what he needs. Um, when it, it's funny because I don't think you guys watch the games with as many people as I do here in our office and in the green room. And the minute he ran backwards, you, there was like three or four people that said, "Here comes touchdown." You know, like it, it looked like just complete total disaster. But every time they they do something, you just think something fun is about to happen. Like the play calling is mm-hmm. so incredible, and he's reading everything for a young quarterback just at such an amazing level. And they have so many weapons. It's just like every time that they're about to do something, except for run the ball, it's, it just looks like it's going to be a great play. This the is next two, this is, next two weeks will, will be, will tell us a lot. What are they got? Is Denver's defense good? At Denver, I think they probably still are. Maybe. At I mean, Denver, then Jackson. What did Derek Carr complete 90% of his passes there last that's, week? That's true. All right. We got to wrap it up, but I'm just saying that they, they, they're the Rams. They're the greatest show on turf, but. Well, the Ram, the Rams are the Rams too, because the Rams. Rams are amazing. Uh, let's go to the Rams game. Yeah, let's go Rams Chargers 35-23. Any major takeaways here? We only got just a few minutes left, guys. So, any major takeaways here? Or... Now, business as usual for these teams. Give Philip Rivers credit. It's best game against Wade Phillips, I think, ever. Oh yeah, and Start. I wonder if he's even a top fifteen quarterback this week. What were you saying, Heath? Start all of the Rams wide receivers every week. You'll be disappointed one out of every three or four weeks, but they're all good plays. Right now, Rivers is 12th uh, in the, at halftime of the Sunday night game. Seattle 24. But the, the, he's going to finish better than anybody expected. Yeah, 21 fantasy points and six point per passing touchdown leagues. Seattle beats Dallas 24-13. We talked about Chris Carson. Costly fumble for uh, Ezekiel Elliott. <clears throat> Tyler Lockett, 77 yards and a touchdown. He scored in all three games, Jamie. Yeah, he's becoming a must-start guy. So until Doug Baldwin returns, you should feel comfortable with him. And uh, not a bad matchup next week against the Cardinals. And finally, speaking of those Cardinals, Chicago 16, Arizona 14. We talked about David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald. Um, Allen Robinson, seven targets. So he's kind of like Amari Cooper. Not so good in weeks one and three. Ten catches for 83 yards on 14 targets in week two. Still hasn't found the end zone, although they're looking for him. 
Uh, Heath, what's your outlook on Allen Robinson? I don't know if the Amore Cooper thing's quite fair to him. Like his worst game is five fantasy points. I think he's going to be more consistent and I'm going to start him every week. He's the number one in this offense. It was a disappointing day. I want to ask you this because I think it's interesting based on the two statements you just made. So the Rams receivers, all three of them, or Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson, and Demarius Thomas. Yeah. Do Is those three guys, do those three guys go ahead of the Rams receivers for you? And I would put Cooper behind all of the Rams receivers. Mm-hmm. Robinson's right in that mix behind Cooks, but right there with the other two. And who was the other one? Demarius. I'd probably put Demarius behind the three Rams. It's funny, man, because I agree with you. I, I just think it's, it's, it's interesting how those guys are, are for the most part getting targets, but you just can't trust them. Demarius is. Oh man, I'm fearing the, remember he was the guy I voted for as the most likely yeah. to be outside the top 10 rounds or something next and, year? And let's be fair, Sanders was bad today too, he just had the run. Right, but, but Demarius Thomas could never have a 35 yard touchdown run. Oh, I'm not saying that, that Thomas is better than Sanders by any stretch, but the passing game was just awful. All yeah, around. oh, Keenum was dreadful, and uh, honestly, like, I, I wonder, he might be good next week, he's got the Chiefs, he might get yep. to 20. You know, like he'd be a he sneaky might, but, play. But the the Forty ers receivers weren't good today. Goodwin just happened to get a lucky touchdown. They were not. You're right. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you so much to wait, Dave, wait, Jamie, hold and on. Heath. I got something. Uh, what, do, what do you got? No, no, I got just one more thing. I got to tell you. It's what Carryon Johnson should be saying to Legarrette Blunt. <laughs> You're right. You got to go by. <laughs> That's Jamie and Heath. I'm out. Oh no, Stafford picked. Uh, shut up. You're, you're supposed to say earbuffs. We're out of here. Bye. <laughs>